Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. 13 ways and also uh, you, you can keep track of what he's been saying through an email and this is what kind of caught my eye a little bit why I wanted to bring Doug Griffiths onto the program is just to quote his last email that was sent out things can seem bleak but we must remember this will end if anything has been made clear through this tragedy it's the community is the core building block of society some thoughtful words from Doug Griffiths. Doug, thanks so much for joining us. Give us a little bit of a snapshot into some of the things that you learned from 2013 that you think are prevalent today. Uh, well, we only have a few minutes, right? <laughs> there's a there's a <laughs> lot that I, I think we learned. Um, um, you, you know, how to respond uh, to uh, a situation like this. The, the first thing I think that we learned um, through the floods was not to panic and not to overreact. Um, there is a tendency to panic, and it, but managing a crisis requires um, the leadership to have a level head and uh, a calm demeanor in the way they communicate, and they, uh, you know, needs to be very matter-of-factly and based on facts and sound reasoning, not emotions. And uh, we learned that from the flood, that's for sure. Now, you co-authored the book, 13 Ways to Kill Your Community. What kinds of things should we be trying to avoid as we try to figure out how to rebuild our communities uh, in a global pandemic situation? Yeah, well, so the book is 13 Ways to Kill Your Community. Some of it um, probably applies, you know, in in the pandemic rebuilding situation as it does every single day. I I, I explain to a lot of people that... uh, Rural Alberta, rural communities all around North America have been facing challenges for the last 20 years. Um, and this, this pandemic, um, hasn't, hasn't really changed that. Um, it's simply accelerated the change that are coming, uh, which is really important to note because, you know, World War II, um, and went off to war and, and women went and worked in the factories. And I don't mean this to be an absolute stereotype, but then, women realized they could do men's work and there was not a holdback and it changed society forever, thank thank goodness. And mm-hmm. and so there's all sorts of events that always change the world. 
this is not necessarily causing new changes we've never experienced before. It's accelerating them. So more people are realizing they can go online. The the younger generations, millennials, have been doing this already. Um, but that generation, millennials, have also realized how important community is. They spend 40 hours a week working online in a gig economy. And when they're done working online, they don't want to cocoon in the basement watching another screen. They want to go socialize. So they want to be part of a community. And for the first time in two or three generations, people don't move to where the jobs are, like my generation did. The jobs are moving to where that those younger people want to live, which it's because community is so important to them. And now we've all recognized we can do a whole lot of stuff online, but even even when you can go buy all sorts of stuff on Amazon, local businesses, knowing your neighbors, having that network of support, um, this has helped us realize just how critical community is. As weird as it sounds, do you think that this pandemic actually is a bit of an opportunity for us to maybe reset, reevaluate what's important and and maybe not go back to the way things used to be, but make them, them make them even better? Well, you know, frankly, if if we don't learn anything from this and we don't um, reevaluate or evaluate what we're doing, uh, we'll have missed a great opportunity. I mean, in every crisis comes a an opportunity. That's why they say don't waste a good crisis. And a lot of people I've heard say, you know, <laughs> I mean, a lot of people I've talked to have said, you know, I, I'm not spending nearly as much money on stuff I didn't need anymore. I'm spending more time with family. I'm spending more time reading. I'm spending more time in the backyard enjoying nature, you know, still social distancing. It's it's It gives us all a chance to reevaluate what's really important. And I think society in general, the whole world should do that. I mean, for the first time in, what they say, 20 years, people can actually see the tops of the Himalayas. In LA, there's less smog. You can, it's changing the sunset. I mean, it, it's a good chance to just take a deep breath and say, you know, what's really important to us? And I, so I keep saying, community is the foundational building block of everything. We have our families, but we need our neighbors. We need the people down the street. We need our local businesses. We need to be part of a community. That's how we as humanity have succeeded time and again for, for millennia. We, we, we grow together. Doug Griffiths is our guest as we talk a little bit about where do we go with go from here with community? And he hosted a bit of a webinar, a webinar yesterday. And Doug, I wanted to ask about that is what's been sort of the, the feeling in the room, if I was to use a sports analogy, uh, when it comes to COVID-19, small businesses, community businesses, and, and some of the people that you've been talking to. Well, I mean, there's obviously a few people we talk to that really just want to know how and when things are going to go back to normal and uh, I've had to push them to realize that there is there is no going back to normal uh, things will go back to some semblance of of the way they were but I mean it's going to change the business community substantially so we've been uh, working with some communities and business owners uh, to show them how to bring their business community and their 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 town together um and create two layers so you've got your local community um, that people really want to be a part of and connected to 
and and I have to reemphasize that again. I mean, young people, millennials, are actually moving out of out of San Francisco and out of New York and moving to places like Boise, Idaho. Calgary just mm-hmm. had an article uh, a few weeks ago that pointed out how younger people are leaving Calgary because of the limited notion of opportunities throughout. So they they want to be in a real authentic community, but you have to layer on that. Um, a more robust online business presence. Uh, and it has to be networked. You can't stand alone all the time. You're so hard to find. But if you have a coordinated social media strategy and online presence that that um, brings your entire business community and your entire community up to the forefront in social media, you can, you can almost have a mirror image of your real authentic community mirrored online so people can find you. And, and it works. I mean, we've... We've got businesses that we use as examples and models where, um, I mean, if anyone wants to look, go look up White Terry on Instagram. There are a um, few young ladies, moms that started making their own bed sheets and it's a three month wait list to get them and they make them locally and they sell them online. Oh, they only sell about half of them actually in a, an on-store location. The other half are sold online. A lot of businesses need that balance not just waiting for people to come across the street in, but the entire local community knowing that they're there. I mean, one of the things we hear from a lot of local people is that they buy stuff online because they didn't even know that a business in town sold that stuff. And whose fault is that? Business needs to, mm-hmm. to make sure they have an online presence so people are aware what, of what they have to sell. Do you think that there's a, an, an opportunity here maybe for us to reshape I'll call it reshape capitalism in a sense where it is less about the bottom line and more about that human ROI. And that's what will eventually bring you that stock value, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So that's the other aspect. Uh, we talked about it on the, the webinar. Uh, the future of business in a community is incorporating socialization. And socialization has always been part of our, our downtowns. We just forgot about it. Business is located there because we socialize. But and now the next generations go downtown to do the same thing. They want a yoga studio and a craft beer pub and a you know a coffee in a coffee shop owned by a local coffee person that lives in town, right? And they they want that socialization, and that's what downtown is for. If we keep trying to to just think about selling a product, someone comes in to buy it. We're missing the most important part about business, and that's that's adding a, a human element of socialization and integration. Some of the most successful coffee shops we've studied have corners for kids to play, and they've got a fireplace, and they've got big chairs that people gather, and they spend a lot of time there. That's why Starbucks actually is closing a a lot of stores so they can refurbish them because they can't compete against the local owner that's got more of a social atmosphere. Socialization is critical for the future. Doug, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Anytime. Thanks, Joe. Saw a few photos of this over the weekend and I had to get Kelly Adelvard from ComicTraders.ca on the air, Comic Traders here in Calgary, because uh, they decided to show up and do some of their deliveries in costume. And Kelly goes out as Captain Marvel and joins us now on the program. Kelly, when did you start doing this? 
you know, we just started doing this uh, as a sort of quarantine started. And uh, we just thought it would be a fun thing to do and maybe brighten people's days a little bit by, by showing up in a shiny suit. What was it like the first couple times around? You know, it was a bit awkward, I think, for me, because uh, a lot of people have expectations from superheroes and, and you know, you sort of go in thinking, should I be in character or, or how's it going to work? But uh, I think I'm working the kinks out now and, you know, just smiling and, and, and keeping my distance and saying something positive. It's bringing a lot of happiness to people, I think. I know you did a couple of deliveries over the weekend, but uh, walk us through those visits and what it's like to be able to uh, maybe put a smile on on some kids' faces. You know, um, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's exciting to see uh, faces light up. I think uh, superheroes come in different shapes and sizes these days. You know, a lot of frontline workers. Uh, high five to those guys because they're doing a lot of super stuff right now but when you see uh kids who've been in the house for two three four weeks some of them at this point it's uh it's pretty special there's some little teeny kids that didn't know who i was but uh still when you show up in a shiny onesie faces light up and neighbor kids were coming out from other houses and everything, you know, we're maintaining our distance and stuff like that. But it's pretty fun. It's it's really cool. How powerful is it to be sitting there in costume and knowing that, you know, you're, you've done a bit of a service for those kids? It feels really good. It actually feels really, really good. Um, I think a lot of people ha- are... You know, times are changing. We're on the cusp of some very new things. Uh, It's hard when you say, you know, be good and wash your hands and everything's going to get back to normal soon. And in a sense, you sort of feel like maybe I shouldn't be saying that specifically because you can envision kids later going, how about now? Can we go out now? How about now? Mm -hmm. How about now? And uh, it might not go back to those types of things uh, ever. But in the meantime, we're going to do the best we can. It's a pleasure to service the community. Um, And supporting local is really important. So it feels good that a lot of these doors that that I'm knocking on, they're my regular customers that I'm accustomed to seeing every single week. And it's, it's really fun to see a lot of those guys because I haven't seen them for, for weeks and weeks too. That's got to be something else too, is that down the line when the green light is given, maybe it does open up that opportunity where maybe you do it a little bit more often and who knows, maybe it's, it's created a new business uh, idea for you perhaps. Absolutely. I've been thinking about that myself. We've been discussing that at, at our shop and uh, I think this will definitely become part of our our permanent uh services going forward it's it's a lot of fun it feels really good uh to make people's days a little bit brighter um you know some of the stories you hear are a little bit grim but i think that um Every little bit of positive reinforcement or positive interaction or even just being around other people aside from who you've been uh, boarded up in your house with, it's fun and it's exciting and it's something very unusual and out of the norm. Even though I'm 10 feet down the sidewalk, it's really having a fairly powerful impact. I think I know it's impacting me in a powerful way 
and uh, and I hope that that our that our friends and families and community uh, leaders and stuff are are feeling it as well. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask for just a little bit of what you do as captain. As Captain uh, Marvel, I like to stand there with my hands on my hips in the sun if I can because my su- my suit's pretty shiny. Uh, I keep my aviators on because that's part of the uh, costume as well. But, you know, I like to tell kids, wash your hands, you know, listen to mommy and dad because they're trying to keep you safe. Uh, follow the rules. Keep yourself busy. Don't forget to be active and you're a hero every single day. You're saving lives by staying home. And I know you're a hero for a lot of those kids as well, giving them a bit of a bright light. Kelly, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. You have a great day. Fairly cool story here that I wanted to turn your attention to, and it was actually from late last week over at Chairman's Steakhouse in Mahogany. They hosted back on late Thursday... The Balcony Bash. And joining us for a little bit more context behind this, Lance Hurtabees is president of Vintage Group uh, and Chairman Steakhouse. Lance, thanks so much for joining us here on the program. And give us a little bit of a background here. Where did you come up with the idea for this Balcony Bash? Well, I actually saw in Italy how everybody was singing on their balconies and, and thought, how could we make that work? And then you know, I was standing on the Chairman's patio and I thought, this is beautiful. The calligraphy calligraphy condos surround the patio and it's a perfect setting for a mini concert on balconies was it that hard to put together or that hard to even get some buy-in from not only your your patrons but also obviously you've got staff that are trying to stand by and this became quite the quite the event on thursday yeah, no, the turnout was amazing. We thought we offered some takeout food, and we thought we'd sell 50 to 100 portions, and we sold 160. And, uh, you know, the response was great. Yeah, some of the condos haven't been sold yet, but most of them are. And the Westman Village is, uh, is a great community. It, it truly is. And everybody stepped up and came together. And, and I think it's just a great break from, you know, waking up and reading in your newspaper covid and getting in your car listening to covid and coming home and covid and turning your computer on covid so we just tried to kill covid for a couple hours what was it like being there on the balcony kind of overlooking all that was happening right in front of you well i i was i was on the patio so i was looking okay. up to everybody and uh it was amazing seeing people dancing on their deck and coming out and sharing drinks with their neighbors and all that. So it really, it, it was a bright light. What was it like afterwards and having that, you know, typical debrief after an event and to be able to kind of talk things through? Yeah, we, we, we thought, it, you know, this was our first try. We, we decided a week prior, um, we got lucky on the weather, mm-hmm. thankfully. And, uh, uh, we want to try it again, and we're talking about doing it on the front deck, sort of for the mahogany community as it looks over the lake, and uh, moving it around the village. Do you learn something maybe post-COVID as well through events like this, and maybe you can think outside the box and not be afraid to do it? Yeah, it, I, I think right now what we want to do is you know, 
make people <laughs> forget about it for a little while mm-hmm. and uh, put a bunch of people back to work. We put seven people work that night on our side, and Westman Village had seven people helping us deliver throughout the village. So it, people want to get out. You know, everyone's scared, and uh, we took all the precautions, and it worked out really well. What kinds of things would you like to improve upon, or do you think that uh, you hit the nail on the head the first time around? We got slammed the kitchen because we never thought of pacing it out. So everybody wanted their food at the same time. That one hurt, and so it took a little while to get the food. So we would spread it out and have delivery times. Um, we might make it go a little longer. We thought we could get a concert series in the summer now out of it, whether COVID or not. And, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, we could have wine delivered more as a more of an add-on um, and uh, just keep pushing away. You and I were talking off air as well about just the, the restaurant business as a whole as it tries to grapple with what the future has in store. Is this kind of one of those jumping off points maybe in terms of not only the out-of-the-box thinking but also trying to think of different ways to entice those customers back when the green light is given? Yeah, for for us, we want to stay personally connected with, with people. And th- this gave us that opportunity instead of sending them an email or something like that. We we had an event and said, come on out. Let's let's just have some fun. Shout out for first responders at a se- at seven. Uh, and I, I think I think it was good to see people smile. Final question for you. As you talk about that smiling, what did it mean to you to be able to give back to the community in that way? Oh, it was great. You know, they've been great to us. We will be open a year in June now, and uh, the community's been awesome for us. We're very happy with the way it was going, and and we hope to continue that relationship. It was really a wonderful thing from all accounts. Uh, Lance, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for shedding some light on it. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. is joining us here. Uh, One of the teachers at the Calgary Board of Education and through Everactive Schools and a number of other um, organizations, they, high schoolers, have launched a free positive message hotline for seniors in self-isolation. Jamie, thanks so much for joining us. Give us a little bit more information here about Joy for All. So the Joy for All project is a project from high school students uh, in a program in uh, Calgary Board of Education. Our, our project, is, or sorry, our program is a partnership project with the City of Calgary, Calgary Board of Education, Everactive Schools, and the Calgary Public Library. And our students, uh, it, as part of our learning in the course, usually take on a volunteer project. Uh, we had a volunteer project lined up with the Calgary Library to offer uh, spring break programs about a month ago. And uh, as we know from what has unfolded since then, um, that volunteer opportunity was cancelled. And so we were left in a position where we wanted to offer students uh, volunteer opportunities to develop employability skills and earn course credits. Uh, but of course, with with all of our students kind of stuck at home, we were put in a position uh, to have to think outside of the box uh, in terms of what does community volunteering look like during a pandemic and during social distancing and uh, and isolation. So um, the project came from uh, conversations about 
uh, responding to the needs of the communities. And I think uh, with with the unfortunate news, especially locally in Calgary, we've just been hearing a lot of difficulties in seniors' homes uh, and with senior-serving organizations trying to protect the the health and well-being uh, of those who who are most at risk. Um, while also navigating the the sort of intense difficulties and loneliness of self-isolation and not being able to connect with your family. So this project was born out of um, awesome student ideas and creativity and uh, and student willingness to to lend a hand uh, in in ways that were accessible and and maintained everyone's safety and well-being. So now you have this free telephone line, one eight seven seven joy for the number four all uh, Give us a bit of a snapshot as to what people will hear when they make that phone call. When you make the phone call, you will hear a welcome greeting, and uh, you'll be given a few options that you can select. We are trying to update our content daily, and, and this is where we're also really leaning on the community because we know that there's lots of folks at home um, with with that are looking for things to do with their kids. And, and we think this is an opportunity for, for young people to showcase their voice, their messages and their learning. And so when you when you pick up the phone, you will hear uh, five different pre-recorded messages today. You can select jokes of the day, uh, story, poems. Um, and then we also have an option for listen and learn. And this is where we're looking for um, students. You know how students would come home from school, they would share with their family. Uh, what they're learning in school today, or they would, you know, go visit grandpa and grandma and and uh, share what they're learning in school. This is kind of um, sort of that kind of bridge as we as we are navigating homeschooling and uh, and social isolation. Sounds like this project really came together quite quickly, despite the fact they had to pivot really suddenly. Absolutely, it was. Um, I, I give so much credit to um, our students and their resiliency and their willingness to. Um, you know, in a, in a time of great uncertainty, in a time when, you know, they, for a lot of our students who are in high school and approaching graduation, there are a lot of things that are up in the air. Um, and, and I just really credit their resiliency and their willingness to dive into this and sort of um, be flexible and, and meet the needs of the community. It's been phenomenal. And, um, you know, we, we sort of wanted a, a soft launch of the project on Friday just to get the word out, really generate uh, content from the community so that we could start to to get the word out to senior serving organizations and you know we found that uh, that word has spread so quickly and and so um, we're really excited about that but uh, we're doing our best to to offer um, our our core audience of, of seniors and those in isolation with with these positive messages and we would love for contributions from the community because we think that this is such a cool opportunity to stay connected with one another um, amidst the, the changing circumstances and, like you mentioned, the difficult circumstances. Jamie Anderson joining us for one eight seven seven joy for all a soft launch, Jamie, on Friday. And it sounds like the reception has been pretty gangbusters. <laughs> Absolutely. We, we did not anticipate, like I said, uh, for this to be picked up so quickly, especially after kind of a, a slow, long weekend. Um, very excited. The students are very excited. And uh, I, I think uh, it's a really cool opportunity for students to see 
such kind of immediate impacts of, of their of their work and their learning. I know sometimes with volunteering and volunteer opportunities, you um, put in a lot of work and effort and creativity and you don't always see the impact that same way and that quickly. So I think it is really a cool opportunity to learn and, and to see that impact. Um, and also I think that the biggest piece for us was like, wow, this is a really significant gap and, and people are doing so many cool projects to support seniors. Um, and this just layers in as one additional support uh, that we can offer folks and that is really accessible um, right now in, in the midst of this. And, and we did not anticipate hearing from folks from the US and, and, uh, and so on, but it is really um, interesting to sort of see like, okay, where this is a need this is how we can help and this is how we can leverage our community supports who, who are already doing that work uh, to continue to support seniors and those in isolation. And you mentioned that you're looking to the community as well to help fill some of the voids. How do they get in touch with you maybe to share their own joke for you? That's awesome. So we have our website set up and that's joy for the number four all dot ca and on our website uh, there's a submissions page, and this is where folks can go to get information, uh, to submit written content, and then also it has some some guidelines for um, recorded content as well. And what we really want to do, again, with this project is um, create these intergenerational connections between children and youth and seniors and those in isolation, of course, addressing um, the fact that people can't connect with their families. So we, we would love to hear from, um, from the community and submissions from the public, especially recorded content. Um, we're happy to hear uh, creativity. I know some students have like band instruments at home that are collecting dust and, and maybe you want to submit some music, maybe you want to sing, maybe, maybe you have your own stories that you want to share. Uh, maybe your kids are learning uh, and practicing how to read out loud and, and maybe um, you want to use this as an outlet uh, for them to to practice the skills that they're learning at home. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to any kind of contact. And if you have any questions or need information about that, head to our website and all that information is there. That's joyforall.ca. Couldn't have wrapped it up better myself. Jamie, thank you so much for the time and job well done. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joe. Appreciate it. She has drawn many a caricatures over the last little while for The Sprawl, which is an independent journalistic uh, endeavor here in this city. And The Small Joys of Going Outside was one that really got me going. We need to have her on this program to talk about some of it. And Sam Hester joining us. Uh, Sam, first off, when did you start doing illustrations and cartoons and drawings like this? Oh, I've been writing comics all my life, probably for 20 years. I've been publishing comics here and there. What got you into it in the first place? Uh, I studied literature. I really liked stories, and I never felt they were quite complete without pictures. I, maybe I felt like I was never quite a great writer, so I could just make it a little bit better by adding pictures, and I was never a great artist, so I could make my pictures better with the words, and it just became the format I always used. How did it come about that you ended up working with Sprawl and being able to, to utilize this particular time to kind of show off your works? I feel like the timing was really good because I, 
I have been busy in the last 10 years having kids and looking after my mom and I have done lots of family stuff and I haven't been able to be involved in the community as much as I would have liked. And just when I was kind of reaching the place where I had a bit more capacity to do that and I really liked telling local stories was around the time the sprawl was starting up. And it just led to this collaboration where the stories that I like to tell could be a complement to the stories the sprawl is telling. What's it been like over the last little while as you've been able to kind of shed a different kind of storytelling light on the situation, especially when it comes to COVID-19? Yeah, well, at first we just thought I would tell stories about sort of what's happening in my neighborhood or maybe even a little bit more about what's happening in Calgary. But now that we're all stuck in our homes, it just felt like the story of what's going on in my home would be the the story I could tell and luckily it happens to be a story that I that I'd like to tell anyway because I've always written kind of autobiographical stories that are really based on my own perspective so it seems like a fit for not only what I like to do anyway but sort of something that everyone is doing right now. How long does it take you to develop uh, a specific storyline? Oh what a good question every every week I keep if now I think it's been about five that I've written and I kept on thinking during the week about sort of what's going on and wrote down lots of notes and then tried to distill it down to some group of panels that could be a short story that took about five hours to draw I think by the time I actually had a script. I'm curious being a writer you have writer's block is there an illustrator's block as well? Oh, I, yeah, maybe. I, I don't like, I'm not a really skilled drawer. So when I come to complicated scenes, then that's the part that gives me a headache. <laughs> I like to just draw people and make the pictures really simple. But I think that once I have the story, then the pictures come from there because the pictures are just dictated by whatever the story is about. Have you been amazed at the uh, reaction and just some of the, the virality to what you've been able to provide to the community? I feel like maybe the story that I wrote about my own experience isn't the same as what everyone else is experiencing, of course, but everyone is going through some version of this, like some version of upheaval or concern or even some uplifting moments, and maybe that just resonated because people have been so isolated that they liked hearing that what someone else was going through too, I guess. What's it meant to you to be able to uh, literally paint uh, a different kind of picture for uh, Calgary and for Alberta and for the world to see? Uh, I, I feel like probably like everyone else right now, I really wish I could help. I just wish I could do something to help us get through this time. And I am not a healthcare provider or, you know, someone with the skills that would really be helping on the ground. But if I can help by telling stories, that really would mean a lot to me. I always just want to, I'm always concerned that the story I'm telling won't seem like I have some, you know, perfect happy life with my kids where I, I do have a house I can live in. I do have some work that's still coming in for me. That's, you know, I'm, I'm better off than many others. So I don't want to make it look like, you know, maybe for others to read the story that it would make them feel worse because maybe they're worse off than me. But I can just try to share the, the, the things that maybe we could all relate to. Hopefully I can help in that way. Always love the stuff that you're putting out, Sam. Thanks so much for joining us and shedding a little bit of light into what you do. Oh, thanks for helping us spread the word of the work we're doing. Thanks a lot. Sam Hester joining us from sprawlcalgary.com. Again, just a different take on the typical journalism that you see because you hear you hear it on the radio, you see it on the TV, you read it in the print, and you can read through it through her cartoons at sprawlcalgary.com. been a lot of 
sad news out of senior centers, continuing care centers here in this province over the last little while and frankly across this country because of COVID-19. And wanted to shed a little bit of light and a bit of a spotlight on one that has really gone above and beyond. And I've heard a few different stories about Journey Club in South Calgary. And so I thought I'd check in with Executive Director Al Boalo, who uh, has gone way off kilter in, in some respects. But I wanted to have a little bit of a conversation about what uh, is so special about what's been going on at Journey Club. So, Al, welcome to the program. Give us a little bit of a snapshot as to what you've been up to. Yeah, you know, for us, it's uh, it's certainly um, been about trendsetting in, in uh, a lot of ways as it pertains to our, our staffing model, as it pertains to our recreation program, um, our, our, our culinary team and, and how we're delivering meals um, while people are um, in isolation. So, you know, we always say there's uh, three really great activities a day, and that's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And so focus on culinary has certainly been uh, very strong. And again, from a, a recreation perspective, perspective uh we've uh, we're very fortunate to, to have the team that we do uh, that are able to offer daily exercise and and happy hour um you know we we send out a uh, a daily package if you will that has jokes and kind of readers digest type articles and things for people to go through you know sudoku puzzles and word search and and those 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 types of uh things that you know in the package that they receive every day and it's uh it's been uh you know so far so good to be honest we uh again we're uh we feel comfortable that our, our site is uh is looking good and, and clean and safe and for the most part and um you know going from uh from there it's it's really about keeping our residents uh motivated and happy and energized uh that's that's really been our focus it sounds like you've been kind of going uh, outside the box, so to speak, on some of this. Everything from courtyard sing-alongs right through to hallway aerobics. I mean, you name it, you guys have come up with all kinds of different ideas. Yeah, and you know what? Again, like the, we we're fortunate to have such a great team at the Journey Club because, um, yeah, we've had bands in our courtyard. To your point, uh, we've had karaoke in our courtyard. Um, yeah, daily exercise down the hallways where we obviously social distance. Uh, chairs are you know seven feet apart. We measured them and. Uh, but, you know, residents are able to come out um, and uh, exercise every day, which is really important. Um, and then, yeah, our happy hour three days a week, which is great. We kind of have this this cool cart that we uh, roll down the uh, the hallway uh, with music playing. And, again, keeping people, you know, isolated and, and socially distanced, uh, we're still able to, to have a good time and have a laugh and have a cocktail. And um, it's uh, it's been great from that perspective, for sure. I think it's it's outside the box, for sure. And it's really, um, you know, our, again, our, our director of recreation, Courtney, really thinks outside the box from a reinventing perspective. So, you know, every day, what else can we do? So we're talking about, you know, cupcake coloring contests and things that we can do that are, are keeping people socially distanced. Um, however, um, keeping them engaged and, and having a good time. It's got to be great to be able to also see the smiles on everyone's faces as well, because it can be really easy to get caught up in all the, the doom and gloom of what's going on with COVID right now. You know, Joe, the, the thing is, is that I, I'm almost tired of watching the news now, too. You know, and, and obviously, 3.30 every day, I listen to Dr. Hinshaw, and it's important for us to understand where we are um, as a province um, as it pertain, pertains, you know, with the fight against this thing. Mm-hmm. But that being said, it, yeah, the doom and gloom is, is certainly out there in, in every media aspect that, uh, that you know, print or, or TV or radio or 
Um, so yeah, from our vantage point, it's important to keep people um, not distracted, you know, to, mm-hmm. to use a word that might convey silliness in the sense that we're trying to distract people. But at the same time, um, it's yeah, let's let's distract people from um, all the doom and gloom while they're they're safe at the journey club and having a good time, um, you know, either with exercise or happy hour or, or the daily package or during meal time. Um, or enjoying a band in the courtyard, or some karaoke in the courtyard. Um, so yeah, it's I, again we're we're fortunate to have the team that we have. Uh, that again we continue to reinvent ourselves because I mean this is the, the first time that we've ever dealt with this, right? We are talking a little bit about senior and community and continuing care with Al Boalo, who's executive director over at Journey Club in South Calgary. It was made aware of me. Uh, I was made aware of the situation down there. Uh, one of the listeners called, uh, texted in, and said, "You know, you gotta, you gotta get these guys on because they're going above and beyond." And and Al, I wanted to talk about that side of it. Is is this sounds like it's such a, a community aspect of things from a worker perspective has it been tough from your perspective to actually try to deal with all of this while also trying to keep everybody's spirits up Mm -hmm. so it's they're very different and trying times and um but again it's uh it's been great to see uh everybody kind of come together and um yeah offer some very quality type programming where people aren't just isolated for the sake of being isolated. And I think, you know, it's important that we have people isolated. Um, it's important that, you know, we have restrictions on visitors. And again, those those have been implemented at the Journey Club for well over a month now. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we just can't put people behind closed doors and, and say, hey, you know what, now you're, you're staying here. Um, we need to put procedures together. We need to put together uh, fun procedures that, um, give people something to look forward to uh, versus just all the bad news in the media. And I suppose another big part of this, too, is that down the road, you'll be able to use some of the things that you were able to utilize during this time and go, we're going to make this as part of our new norm, so to speak. Correct. And and the world is changing, Joe, as you know, and and for us, um, you know, that world will definitely change because... Once we come out of this pandemic, um, it's it's not necessarily a fact that COVID uh, will go away, right? Mm-hmm. That this this strain will go away. So we'll have to continue to be extremely diligent um, while having a good time. Absolutely. Well, Al, kudos to you and your team for uh, bringing a few laughs and a few smiles onto the residents' faces. And thanks so much for joining us here on the show this afternoon. No, really my pleasure, Joe. Thanks for having us. And uh, you have yourself a wonderful day, sir. Stay safe. Thank you to all of our guests for joining us here on the podcast and on the show on 770 CHQR. Also, a big thanks to executive producer Mike Tarasco and technical producer Matt Ayer for their hard work. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and review wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Until next week, thanks again for tuning in to the Calgary Today podcast.